Welcome to Apex Activated. Join us as we talk candidly about community, recreation, being part of the bigger picture, and we may throw in some current events. Each week, we will be joined by our friends who are making waves and are the heart and soul of their community. Let's get this coffee talk started. Here's your host, Katie Grope. Thanks so much for the introduction, Monica. Welcome to Apex Activated. How was your weekend? Hi, it was fabulous. Yeah, it was, fab- yeah. it was busy. I know it's that time of year. I so we always say we're we're, we're recording these episodes out of sequence. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Christmas today, and by the time you hear this, it will probably be Valentine's Day. So yeah, but it was good. Like we had your Christmas party Friday night it was fabulous. Yeah. I love a good white elephant gift. I love a gift What did exchange. you end up with on Friday night? So I ended up with the two koozies, but they're like sweatshirt koozies from REI. They're amazing. Yeah, those are good koozies. They're good. They're not I like the a solid koozie. koozie, so you actually, yeah, can, yeah you can yeah. hold it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you always have the best food. Well, no. I made Little Smokies. I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm fancier than Little Smokies, and I literally had a crock pot with an added l- trashy element a like plastic liner in the crock pot the of liner. little smokies and barbecue sauce. <laughs> Listen, she I was like, "Here's a toothpick. Enjoy your dinner." She's downplaying. She didn't just have little smokies. She had like this fabulous spread of cheese and crackers and fig dip, and then she made these bruschetta, like homemade little. Oh my god, it was I love so my good. It was so good. And then on Friday, I was like, "We're having queso, right?" And she was like. Adam, can you get queso? So we had queso. It was so good. Yeah. So good. We ended up, I've never done queso on the stovetop. It was good. I've only ever done it yeah. in the crockpot, but my crockpots were being used by the little Smokies and the meatballs. And you might not have had any more plastic liners to put in the I was out of plastic liners. <laughs> what would we have done? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've become an old lady. Listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I was saying today, there is nothing wrong with becoming old. Like, we're getting our priorities straight. I don't want to wash that crockpot. No. no. Also, it like when it like burns and it like crusts, I'm like, oh god! No. Then it sits in the sink soaking, yes. quote unquote, for five days. <laughs> yes. It's like disgusting. You're like, it's still soaking. It's still soaking. <laughs> My family was like, everyone won't admit they want the little smokies, but then when they're at the oh. party, that's what they end up eating. And I was like, all right, that makes me feel better. A hundred percent. Also, you made homemade ranch. There's nothing I like a little make... smoky with a homemade ranch. Oh, I've never dipped the smoky in oh, the ranch. Oh, you haven't lived. These little banters have turned into food talk. <laughs> they. <laughs> We might need to change this to, like, Apex and food. I love it. Yeah. Well, we went, we did, like, an all-Christmas weekend. We saw the Nutcracker downtown, which is amazing. We went and saw Elf at Alamo Drafthouse, which was so fun. It was, like, a party, one of their, like, movie party things. And it was so fun. We all got Elf hats. We had a snowball fight in the middle of the movie. It was so fun. No, stop it. Yeah, it it was so fun. I have never been to Alamo Drafthouse. You've got to go. I can't wait. I'm going to take Kelly. Yeah, you've got to go. It's super fun. I mean, the fact that you can order chicken wings in the middle of a movie. My nine-year-old son ordered straight up like (laughs) saucy wings as his dinner. And I kept looking over. He had like a pile of like napkins and there was crap all over his face and his hands. I was like, he rubs those hands on his pants, I swear. And so I kept just handing him. And he did. He ate all of it. He like dipped him in the ranch. It was the funniest thing Like he was living his best life. Like watching a movie in the dark. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. 100%. Wearing an elf hat. Oh. I should have gotten a picture, but um, so it was a good weekend. I feel I feel in the spirit. I'm ready. Yep. 
we we leave this weekend for my in-laws and that's when we do Christmas there and then we um I'm all I think I'm done shopping I keep saying that and then I keep buying so I have to stop me too and then I keep having people wrap my gifts for me because I can't catch up with it (laughs) but you did you gave your husband his Christmas present this weekend I have to tell everyone at first, yes. I did not have the right <laughs> you were initial reaction, but I've changed. I've since changed. I, I took so her what, off guard a little bit. I wasn't expecting it. It's okay. I took her off guard a little what bit. What did you get your husband for Christmas? So we, we really do think through these things. He has been wanting, we have two small dogs at home, and our black lab passed away about a year and a half ago, and he's been wanting another lab. Has it been a year and a half? It's been a year and a half since oh Sweet Axel. Gosh. Yeah. So... On Saturday night, Foothills, uh, Foothills Animal, Shelter. Animal Shelter, I was thinking Boulder Humane Foothills, posted the sweet girl Betty, a black lab, and we went Sunday morning and fell in love with her, my mom and Cameron and I, and I walked in with her to the house Sunday. and Surprise! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I have your gift. He's like, what'd you buy now? Did you go to Home Goods? And I was like, well, yeah, but I went somewhere else first. And she walked in behind me, and he was like, are you joking? This is the best gift. He was so excited. I feel like they're going to be kindred spirits. Oh, they already like, are. Like, I feel like you and the other dogs, like, chill, and yes. Kel will have Betty. Yes, yes. And Betty is very much like Kel. She just wants to be left alone. She wants to snuggle with Kelly, and she just wants people to, like, she just wants to observe. She's like, I don't need the chaos of the other two. She doesn't. And the other two are like me. High energy. Let's go. What are we doing? All the time. And he's like, let's just sit here, Betty. And she's like, I got you, dude. I yeah. love this. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I approve. I approve of the gift. Yeah. I was yeah. just caught off. It was a you Monday. It's Monday morning. I wasn't ready. I had no idea. Maybe I was more disappointed I wasn't behind the curtain. No. And I was going to text you yesterday <laughs> and say, can we come by really quick? And then I was like, no, I got a surprise her on Monday. Uh, but I think you were also like. I don't like you, surprises. You don't like surprises. I have to remember this I about you. I don't like surprises. You don't. I should have been like, look at Betty. Because when I did with Molly, look at Molly, you were like, get her, get her, get her. So I, I just need to let you in. Yeah. You don't enjoy a surprise. No, I don't. I don't mm. like being the last to know. No. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Well, we can get to our show today. All right. We have a very, very special guest. I'm so excited. In studio with us. Um, we have a very parks and recreation focused conversation for you all today. Yes. And we, we are so excited because I feel like his background is actually pretty diverse, even though it's not as diverse as um, others, like you would think on his resume, but it really is the amount of experience that he brings to the table and to the conversation is fascinating. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Adam Blackmore, the director of Parks, Recreation, and Open Space at the city of Louisville, just north of us. It also includes trails, golf, events. All the things. Ice skating downtown. All the things. So welcome to Apex things. Activated, it's great Adam. To be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. I really appreciate it. How long have you been at the city of Louisville? I've been in Louisville about a year and a half now. Okay. So. And you're somewhat new to Colorado. I am I am somewhat new to Colorado. I've been out here for about three years now. Um, okay, working as a director at a special district um, for a couple of years, and then transitioning back to working in municipalities with Louisville. Okay, so we'll get to your municipality experience, but I want to hear. I feel like you actually have a really fun childhood. So mm-hmm. you grew up in a super small town in rural Missouri. Correct. Yeah, Cairo, Missouri, spelled like Cairo. Uh, we had a ventriloquist come when I was in high school, and the ventriloquist dummy 
said it was great to be in Cairo, Missouri, and our small but mighty student body about booed him. I was just going to say. Could you imagine the, the Cairo students went and then, crazy? And then the ventriloquist was like blames the dummy for not knowing it. it was, <laughs> it was but yeah, it's, um, you know, the, we, they go back and forth around 300 people, uh, depending on what census it is. So it is, it's a, a small town in all of the ways that you would consider a small town. It's a farm centric community surrounded by uh, mostly cornfields and grazing cattle and uh, you know proud to call it home uh, it's right uh, about 30 minutes north of columbia which is right in the center of of the state and um, the big town next to that is called moberly and so a lot of my family now also live in moberly and by big town i mean um, 10,000 people and so uh, yeah that's that's where i that's where i was brought up i love that how many students were in your graduating class in high school 19 students. I my, think that is so awesome. Yeah. There was and like I, 500. I, I still couldn't crack the top 10. <laughs> very smart, academically. Very smart academic class. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So you vowed you were never going to go back to Cairo or Moberly. So where did you go after high school? Yeah, that was, uh, I think, you know, as an ambitious kid, um, you know, growing up in that area and knowing that. Um, you know, I probably wasn't going to get into farming as my profession. Um, you know, you don't realize how good you have it a lot of times when you're, when you're coming up in that and you think, you know, you want bigger and better and you want to live in the big city and, and all of the things. And so, um, and you played baseball. I was, so I was an athlete all the way through and, um, ended up having the opportunity to play baseball in college, which took me to a few different stops along the way, um, through St. Louis and then Quincy, Illinois, and then eventually to, St. Joseph, Missouri, um, where I called it a career and became a full-time college student. And uh, so, yeah, I, I bounced around um, as I got through my college life, um, started my career. So what did you do after college? Like, what took you out yeah. of Missouri? Yeah, so so after college, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So what's the next best thing is you stay in school. Uh, you, don't, you don't go get a profession yet. And so... Um, I'd gone to my undergraduate degree was in recreation administration, which who knew that parks and recreation could be a job. I had no idea. I just knew that I didn't want to go study something that sounded really boring when I was transferring as a general education associates degree. Did like all of the athletes take recreation thinking that they were going to like do sports for the rest of their life? It gets a bad rep like that. Like, um, so you could do. Uh, emphasis areas so you know it, it's mixed that you know athletes are drawn to physical education they're drawn to uh, business admin that kind of thing kind like of sports self-starter management. yeah a lot of uh, sports medicine uh, kind of stuff so it, it ran the gamut we had we had our fair share of athletes for sure um, but yeah so I had no idea what I wanted to do actually uh, when I was looking at schools to play baseball at that Missouri Western was one and my mom found the degree of all things and that was kind of like the tipping point I was like, oh, that sounds like a great degree. I'm gonna, I guess I'll go try to go there. And so uh, I got my degree and um, decided to go to grad school and ended up at Indiana State, of all places, for a sports management master's degree. Um, go Sycamores. If, you, if you're not aware, Indiana State is actually uh, a, an excellent, excellent school. Top 10 ranked like at the time. Like Sycamore the Tree. Like yeah, like the tree. Or oh, it, like the their only, mascot's The only tree. reason you really know is Larry Bird. I kind of actually yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a. It's I know a leaf it's here. not, but listen. Think of the like clothing. Oh my it's gosh, cool. you're a tree. It's, don't don't let her don't let her hate no. on you. It's great. No. It's a great school. No, but also Larry Bird yeah. University, and so mostly oh. when you tell people that's where you went, 
Um, that's the the draw. As we get older and older, that probably becomes less and less. But um, so yeah, it was great. Lived in Indianapolis uh, for five years and was able to parlay uh, an internship while I was at Indiana State um, into a full time job in a local parks and recreation agency running their aquatics area. So okay, great, yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then how long did you stay there, and what made you stay? I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm giving away the story, but what made you stay in aquatics? So I stayed in aquatics. Um, Which I, can that, I? That, that was, yeah, that was never the goal, right? I, I understand that, you know, there's some aquatics professionals at Apex also that probably have the same struggles as it relates to swimming. And, um, you know, just Here we go again. getting into do we, that. Do we think she owns water wings? Here this we is go the big debate again. Is and, if they uh, own water wings. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was... Um, trying to learn how to swim at the same time. So I needed a job that paid for my internship. And so um, uh, this job is in Plainfield, Indiana, of all things. It paid, I think at the time, it was like $8 an hour, which I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was, but it was an okay <laughs> internship pay at the time. Well, and out of and grad school, you're like, I'm going to be rich. Yeah. Yes. And so, and so it was, uh, but to my credit, he's kind of my first boss. He, um, he's like, if you're going to do this, you're going to intern in aquatics. You're going to learn what it means to be in aquatics. And so oh uh, before I could do anything related to the business side or whatever else I wanted to do for the internship, uh, he made me become a lifeguard. And it was incredibly difficult. I, I could swim um, fine, but I couldn't lifeguard swim. And so it's a whole different level of, you know, going to the bottom of a deep end and, um, you know, spinal extrications and, you know, wow. swimming the 200 yards just to get the original like you've qualified to move to the second round of training i could um, not go downstairs to the pool today and swim 200 yards i would have to stop yeah, you think it's, it's, it sounds no easy no. it's like no. it's like just mm -hmm. down and back no four way. times you'll be all right no. and about the second down and back you're like oh, okay 25 meters yeah. i stop yeah. i mean I can't i'm even not in that kind of shape yeah. i can't even walk down there and back up the stairs without losing my <laughs> breath let's not even talk about yeah. the swim yeah. i also think this is really interesting because when you have conversations with parks and recreation professionals in my opinion like you all kind of find a track like there is tracks within our profession and like aquatics is a very specific track mm -hmm. so like when you start there and you stay there like sometimes there's like aquatics people and sometimes there's sports people yes. sometimes there's you know administrative mm -hmm. people or whatever but it is actually quite interesting like once you get started you you like keep going mm -hmm. which yeah. i think mm -hmm. is so fun it is yeah and it's I almost and those tracks are i'm sure we'll get into this maybe a little bit later um, but those tracks are hard to get out of a lot of times because that's kind of your comfort zone when you're coming in as your entry level. And um, you know, when having a, to make a lateral move to get out of it, right? Instead yeah, of or growth, cross training yeah. or getting away from some of that ownership. So, uh, but yeah, it was great. Um, it went through that, and like I said, it parlayed into a full time job after about a year, and uh, did that for about two years. Went to a aquatic safety school um, for Ellison Associates, which was the lifeguarding agency we were through, and. Um, Met a future recruiter uh, who at the time is just, again, just the benefit of relationships and talking to people. Um, and about um, a few months after that school, there was a um, quasi-competitor to Great Wolf Lodge that was starting up, ran by Denver's own Sage Hospitality. It was called the Coco Key Water Resorts. Ooh. And um, they were hiring the starting a, a brand new um, wing of their, their organization. And so that, that parlayed into a resort director, 
job working in hotels and water resorts. Which and, is also yeah. a very unique experience in the Parks and Rec world to go from public to private and back to public. Mm-hmm. So you left the public municipality world and went into a private company. I did, yeah. And now have come back out of that, which I also think is a little unique because once you get – Again, it's kind of the same thing as the tracks. Like once you get on a government or public service track, it's hard to get off of it. Yeah, I will say though to anybody listening that would think about that, I, that experience made me who I am, and I'm so happy that it worked out like that because there's so many elements of we working in the private sector, especially in the hospitality industry, that parlay into being really successful as a public servant, and so. Um, you know, I spent three and a half years um, in various capacities in with the Cocoa Key Water Resorts in Rockford, Illinois, and Kansas City, and um, you know, also that turned into a bunch of risk management, um, hospitality, inventory control, retail sales, that kind of thing, group sales, um, and and all of those types of skills eventually have helped me in one form or fashion in my career. So, well, I will I will also forever say this, and and we we joke <laughs> about Hillary, our <laughs> director of recreation <laughs> services here at, about a- at Apex, and someday she'll be on the show. But um, I give so much credit to the aquatics professionals in our industry because it there is a level of safety and ongoing training and certification and you're the most trained people in our in our world in our buildings in our areas you know on first aid AED all of those things but to be able to manage that amount of teenagers mm. in yes. lifeguarding is a skill in and of itself and Absolutely. if you can manage 15-year-old lifeguards for an entire summer at a water park, you can manage anyone anywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can literally recruit, yep. train, and manage any employee for the rest of your yeah. career. And you're not just managing their their personalities, right? This is we, – we may get into this as well, but you're also managing teaching those 15- and 16-year-olds and, and – um, you know, at any given time in my career, I've had up to 500 lifeguards working for me at any time. And you're teaching them to literally be responsible for thousands and thousands of people's lives. You're teaching yeah. them to be responsible for instilling skills in you know three to six year olds that are going to serve them for the rest of their lives. Like you're also kind of playing on teaching them to grow up a little bit, this teenage workforce. And yeah. that um, that in its own right, you know, aside from managing you know how you're going to staff a pool when a prom happens or something like that. Uh, you know, is its own is its own unique challenge. That again, as as you move ahead in leadership, like that, those are great skills uh, as you uh, kind of progress. Yeah, I feel like if that's like in an interview, if if somebody ever asks someone, you know, tell me about your management style, I would always say that. Yeah, absolutely. Which I've not done that job, so props to everyone who has. Okay, so then how did you get back into the municipal world? So that was um, it's so you ca- left the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a funny story. I was on a walk um, in what did that have been? April of 2011. I think it's when that would have been. I was on a walk in Kansas City. It was the end of April, and it started sleeting, and uh, the weather was just awful. And it was just one of those typical, uh, you know, Missouri days, gray and sleeting and everything else. And I thought, what am I doing? Like I can live anywhere. Um, you know, why am I? Why am I living somewhere where at the end of April it's it's sleeting on me? And so I started, I started looking just to kind of see what was out there um, and ended up uh, falling into an aquatics manager position overseeing 
11 aquatic facilities um, in Henderson, Nevada. And so in 2011, I was fortunate enough to, to kind of, I guess, pack up and head out there. And that's, that's really where my career took off. Um, you know, when you're in the hotel business, as I was, you're kind of progressing into becoming a hotel general manager or working in something with the corporate entity that owns your hotels. And that's kind of where you're going to go working on a cruise ship. You know, there's, there's a variety, but I, I really had this kind of yearning to get back to working with the public. And, um, I, I love working in local government. I love the service we're able to provide. And so moved out to Henderson in 2011, ran their pools and, um, talk about getting out of your comfort zone within about two years of doing that job. Um, I was overseeing pools with three or four other divisions within the Henderson Parks and Recreation Department, which, you know, shameless plug for them is one of the top um, top agencies in the country. And I was just going to say, like, let's not, you know, overshadow the city of Henderson is an it sets an industry standard it's actually a much larger city than people think because it's a suburb of vegas mm-hmm. there's like what 300 350,000 yeah, 350, people yeah, yeah it's, it's a huge town. populated city that has a ton of amenities in their parks and rec world and they run incredibly good programs they've i think that have you ever won a gold medal have they ever yeah won it? yeah they yeah, yeah they, they've, they've won, won the gold won medal twice, the capra yeah, yeah. certified which is wonky language in our world but they are the creme de la creme. Yeah, yeah, we won that gold medal. For those of you non-parks and rec people listening to this, that's the the top uh, award that you can win in our business to showcase in your population that you're serving that you're the best of the best. And we won that. Apex uh, has won three. It's no biggie. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's yeah. you just do it. Yeah. Uh, so we won it in 2014. Well, we've won one and been a runner-up so. twice, maybe. I'll get my facts straight. Yeah, so yeah. Back, back when Apex okay. was North, North <laughs> Jeffco. North Jeffco. North Jeffco. Jeffco. Oh, yeah, when, yeah. when I was coming into the business, uh, North Jeffco really was. It was kind of like Henderson uh, of today's world. Like when you're coming in, there's only so many agencies that have had the level of success. And you know, Arvada is incredibly fortunate. And uh, um, it's probably why our services are so so good today. I live in Arvada. So uh, you know, really appreciate all that Apex does as well. So, so Henderson, you were on a great ride. You were there for almost 10 years. Um, and then you decided to come to Colorado. What brought you to Colorado? A, var- a variety of things brought me to Colorado. Uh, so the the a way to get to Colorado was the job that I will forever be thankful for. It's with the Prospect Recreation and Park District. Uh, it's a small uh, special district in unincorporated Jefferson County, local here, serving about 11,000 people, uh, mostly parks, and they've got a, a wonderful golf course. And so that was the job that was able to get me here. But I did, I chased a lady um, who's what? who's burying the lead here, who's doing this interview with Bum, me right now. Uh, this is my so, husband. So, uh, <laughs> well played, getting all the way into this part of the interview. But yeah, so. Um, it's like a page turner. Like, it's like, what will happen what next? Will happen next? <laughs> so like, I picture like, What's behind door number three? Yes, 100%. Yeah. A future wife was behind door number three. So, um, yeah. So I was able to um, come out here and be with Katie and, and her two wonderful kids who now become my kids by oh, osmosis. I and love that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we got to the point in the story that we are now. And like I said, I mean, if I mean, 10 years ago you had said to yourself, Someday I'll live in Colorado with two children coaching youth basketball. You would have thought you were crazy. Right, right. Yeah, that didn't seem real likely at the time. <laughs> it wasn't part of the career path. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of things happening for a reason. Look uh, what love does. Yeah, like I, I love the story of life. 
and how you know yes. you can I'm, I'm big on reflection and seeing how you get to where you are in a lot of ways and uh, just kind of letting letting that happen. I just learned this about myself I took I think my fourth personality test in the last 18 months last week and one of my biggest components of my personality is is letting life happen and let it oh let it i come love to that awesome. i need yeah. to talk to him more about that yeah. also if you could all see the way he smiled and his eyes lit up when he talks about katie i wish this was like a video it was so sweet it was just Aww. so sweet yeah we are parks and rec story for sure yes we met through work we met yep. through um the NRPA director's school, which is like a whole other podcast yes. of like what the NRPA is our national recreation and park association. Um, they have schools. One of their schools is director's school. And on a whim, Lori, our former executive director was like, I want you to go to the school. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and I went to Chicago after being in Nashville for a bachelorette party, mm. which is this ongoing inside joke between Adam and I. Cause I showed up, after three days in Nashville at my niece's bachelorette party. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, and I didn't know what it was. Like, I just showed up in Chicago. And um, I met a really great group of people who were all still really, really good friends today. It's a two-year program, so we'd stayed in touch throughout the program. And in the end, Adam and I fell, <laughs> fell in mm. love in director school. No. I say, When I talk about it, it sounds so dorky, but at the moment, no, it's, it's very so romantic. Sweet. It's, it's so sweet. Romantic. Can I just ask, was there chemistry right away? Well, it was weird. It was, because um, yeah, we get that question a lot, Like actually. even friendship like, chemistry. It was like yeah. professional you're telling chemistry. Your, yeah, yeah. As, as you kind of mm-hmm. tell your story, you go through that. And yeah, there was, um, you know, it, it was just easy in a lot of ways. Uh, we were both very ambitious. We were very aspirational. Katie was new to the industry at the time. She had come out of the nonprofit world. And so there was a lot to learn. And so we were both really engaged in speaking at, you know, state and national conferences. And we we're kind of on that circuit a little bit. And, um, you know, so I think that that it was always easy like that. But it was, um, you know, really easy from a, having a professional resource as well. As I mentioned earlier, the the relationships that we build and, and I spend so much time trying to forge and, mm-hmm. um, you know, continue those relationships, um, you know, as we kind of go along here. So by the time we get to the second year of director school, um, you know, we had spoken at a couple conferences together and, you know, it was just, uh, you know, at that point in time, it was like, you know, we seem to get along really well. Would you like to go on a date? <laughs> yeah, like we were friends uh, yeah. for like a whole yeah. the whole year. Plus, there were other people. Like we had a crew. Yeah, of yeah. Friends yeah. we're all part of we're all whatever part of year this, that is. D school right, twenty nineteen or like whatever. Yeah. T- year two room B or whatever we were. There's only twenty of us in the room. Yeah, and we were all there for the same reason. And we'd all you know you're in a room together, just the twenty of you. For it's not a conference. It's literally a school. Yeah, and so um, we spent a lot of time together. And there was a core group of us that just really hit it off professionally and we had so much fun together and it it's so neat to be able to like share your experiences but also like your aspirations in a safe mm-hmm. place and not worry about the competition or absolutely you know your boss overhearing or a co-worker being like well I'm better than that yes you know so it was just like this safe space to really talk about goals and aspirations and and it was very um, like idealistic. I can't figure out another word of like our our hopes and our dreams, which sounds so corny for Parks and Recreation. No, it's when great. When you get those people in a room, any, and I'm sure it happens at every director school, the ideas that just yeah. come flowing out because it is such a safe place, like is so fun. And then you start like 
believing it can happen and then you go home and you do it and you like do it. it's insane it's so fun mm-hmm. well and some of your best friends came out of director school as well yeah so which shout i love out, that shout mm-hmm. out to lee and ashley mm-hmm. lee is the director in high point north carolina and he was one of our friends in director school and now they're like one of our best friends like we travel together we see each other we go to conferences together um which is amazing. And Ashley's is, a real hoot. Yeah, Ashley. I mean, Ashley's Monica's great. met Ashley. I, I, I have fallen in love with Ashley. <laughs> Listen, this is what I love about Parks and Rec is like we inspire each other and push each other to be better. And director school is just a huge example of that. Is like put everyone in a room and you're not competing. You're just like, how can we do this together? Let's right. let's push each other to be better. Yeah, yeah. It was yep. cool. So, so yeah. So now we're married, and <laughs> <laughs> he. He came to Arvada, Colorado, via Henderson, you know, from Cairo. Yeah, right in the middle of COVID. Yeah, it -hmm. was. It was in the director school was like literally the August before the March. No, was it a whole year? It was a whole year. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a whole year. I can't remember all of that mushes together. But yeah, we were able to kind of like date during COVID, which was also kind of nice because Mm -hmm. there was no outside influences influences mm-hmm. and yeah there were also the- very cheap flights <laughs> <laughs> and you know you're I the remember, only one on uh, southwest yeah. was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, place yeah. that you could have yeah. been yeah, it's yeah. wild and it's kind of off topic but i remember getting on the, i remember the las vegas airport i have these great pictures and picture of the las vegas airport and denver's the same way now dia is even busy here uh not one person you could look as far as you wanted to go at baggage claim or anywhere else and crazy it was, it, looking back on that especially traveling now it's just really surreal. Like a picture yeah. you'll remember forever. In yeah, your head. yeah. Getting yeah, yeah. on a, getting on a plane with you know me and one other person and two flight attendants and all of us have to be completely spread out. And yeah. There's no drink service or anything. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's the story that got me got me where I am now. So tell yeah. me about the city of Louisville. So, so I feel like yeah. you're at Louisville at a very, yeah. um, I mean, for the lack of a better term, weird time because you started like six months after the fire. So there was a massive wildfire that hit the city of Louisville and was incredibly tragic and homes were lost and pets were lost. And I feel like you've taken on a lot of that in your new role. Yeah. That's still a, it's still a huge component, even, you know, a year and a half, um, almost two years. Oh my gosh. Um, after, after the fire. Uh, so this is the Marshall fire. If uh, you're unfamiliar. So it was um, a sweeping fire, uh, happened is New Year's Eve. Um, oh, it couple, was just couple devastating years ago to and, watch and, it. The, the winds this weekend, it's like it just same. It's traumatic. Yeah. Same. And it swept through Superior and Louisville. Um, devastating damage. Hundreds of homes were lost. Um, and and Louisville still is. It's a so it's an incredibly resilient community. Um, I was hired six months after the fire, so we were right in the thick of, um, you know, trying to really lay the foundation for what that recovery was going to look like. You know, we'd kind of gone through a lot of the the cleanup by the time I started, and then the community was starting to get into rebuild mode, and we're still very much right in the thick of the rebuild mode. Um, you know, when I, when I started, uh, it was kind of surreal driving in for my interview, and, you know, a lot of the homes were still, um, you know, f- charred or were just foundations, and uh, you know, it was really, really uh, an eerie kind of a, kind of a feeling. Um, but then we had a, a public meeting as part of my interview process, and we had um, oh my gosh, it felt like a hundred people. It was probably more like fifty to sixty people uh, to come out to meet the finalists for the position, and none of them 
and, and you know, a majority, a, a lot of them had lost their homes or had been impacted by the fire. All they wanted to talk about was how great our trail system was and how we were going to manage our open spaces and maintain our open space mm. and make sure that open space stayed open space and how great the rec center was and how lucky I would be to be able to get this job. And and I was sold like, immediately then. You know, they talk about an interview being kind of a two way street, um, just an incredibly engaged community. Um, and, and Henderson was the same way. What I loved about Henderson is the community truly loves what you're doing for them. You know, it's not, you're not the, the, the stereotypical government, um, agency just, you know, using their taxpayer dollars in a way that they don't, they don't appreciate. They really do love and appreciate everything that we do in all facets. And it rolls a real wide gamut, um, of services, uh, for, especially for a community of only 20,000 people. Uh, we have we have substantial resources, 37 parks, 30 miles of trails. We run our own golf course, state-of-the-art, best rec center that you're going to come across. Um, just very, very cool community. And so uh, I'm incredibly fortunate to be there. Yeah. It's been – it's been awesome. <clears throat> I shouldn't say awesome. Awesome is the wrong word, but it has been fascinating to I don't drive in every day. So when I do drive in every so often, you get to see mm-hmm. the growth and the, you know, the rebuild. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going from like driving in to completely decimated to then seeing a few houses pop up and then yeah. seeing the landscaping done and seeing kids playing in their backyards mm-hmm. again has just been one of the more inspiring things because they rebuilt. They didn't give up. They Absolutely. stayed. They are resilient. And they're some of the nicest people. We went to um, a barbecue over the 4th of July for the victims. And, um, man, everyone was so sweet and so nice. And they've created their own community. So mm-hmm. seeing them interact was very it, very neat to see. So I'm, I'm grateful that they've embraced you. And it's such a great town. And Yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, and – the other part of that, back to the resiliency thing, but it also the sense of community that it builds. It's also an internal sense of community. And I'll give you a quick example because it's very exciting in my little world. So we had um, our recreation manager who oversees the uh, Louisville Recreation Senior Center. Um, she unfortunately lost her home. Her and her husband lost their home in the fire. And they just got their certificate of occupancy on Friday. Love uh, which, that. And by Friday, if you're listening to this, it was only it was three days ago. Uh, so Julie and her husband got to move back Yay. into to their Love home. That. And staff um, didn't tell her that she was getting her CO um, planning uh, alerted our staff that they were going to get it. So they went down and got her CO, framed the CO. <gasps> Uh, and we're Stop able it. to present it's kind of like their final step right um as they go through the the punch list process of, of integrating into a new home uh which is a lot more challenging than than you would think right mm-hmm. it's it's not as easy as just oh they'll put a house back up okay cool it's it's home oh. um and so uh you know the 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 love and the kind of teamwork that's came out of that throughout the entire city with the various uh you know we've had a lot of employees who lost their homes um you know, is is really really inspiring to see. They also gave her a bottle of uh, Jack Daniel's Fire Whiskey um, as oh, kind of a that's play. Funny. So like they're still able to keep you know yeah. a, a sense of humor yeah, uh, yeah. with it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an incredibly resilient, incredibly tough. Um, you know, kind of what Louisville was founded on, right? It's very uh, at the time, you know, in the 1800s, it was founded as a blue collar community that was going to pull up their bootstraps. And, um, you know, hundred and something years later, uh, in a completely different way, in a completely different time for that community, 
uh, they're showing the exact same kind of mentality. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's an unimaginable tragedy. I can't mm-hmm. imagine no. going. I, ca- I, I can't even fathom mm-hmm. what that would be like. So um, major hopes and prayers to everyone rebuilding or making the decision to rebuild and um, how wonderful Louis- Louisville has come together. And I think that the Parks and Recreation Department is a huge piece of that because mm-hmm. you were their North Star and they could still come to the rec center and still have mm-hmm. some sense of normalcy. Yeah. And I think that that's the role that Parks and Recreation plays in a lot of people's lives is that we are the consistent and mm-hmm. we're the constant. And I think that I think that that's a big deal. Yeah, we had to do a lot. If you remember at the beginning of COVID, right, the people that had to go to work were essential employees. And so if there was one industry that proved that it was essential that was maybe under the radar for, for a lot of people was Parks and Recreation. Oh, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's what I talk to a lot of residents now that our, our industry and what we do literally is always there for you. It got them through COVID, you know, when you could only golf or you could only go out on the trails and our parks were more popular than ever because people were working from home and they could get outside. We were the only ones doing childcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah the childcare, mm-hmm. the responsiveness, um, all of that. And then it, it's right there again as they go through personal tragedy, like something like recovering from the Marshall Fire, is, you know, we're, we are that consistency. We are the service. Um, you know, we do this great program with fire victims to get uh, free annual passes to our recreation center because that's still their oh, their home, right? I like that's where that. we want them to be able to come yeah. and experience what they've always uh, kind of had gotten used to with Louisville. So, yeah. well, on that note, because we're here because of Parks and Recreation, and don't it, really quick, it, he has like one of the best admin assistants. <laughs> Yeah, shout out, shout small out, to, world. Shout out to, uh, world. to Marla. That is a very small world. Podcast story is, uh, yeah, we went to, it was something at Katie's. It was a karaoke night at Katie's work at Indian Tree Golf yeah. Course. Yeah. And Monica was there with Marla. Who uh, is one of my very yeah, best friends. I, I just met adore yet. her. Yeah. And a couple short months later, much to still me being completely blind to the fact, I hired Marla as uh, our tremendous senior administrative assistant for Louisville parks and rec and open space and uh so she's, it's, it's she's pretty amazing cool. she's, she's killing it she this is like how there. interconnected parks and recreation yeah. though is like you you know someone know someone like kevin bacon style yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. when you were talking about networking earlier i'm like this is how yeah, it my, happens it's funny you said my boss actually and shout out to speaking of great people to work for with city louisville is uh, jeff durbin he's their city manager there and it's just who was it, hired the day after the fires he was his, his first his day first was the day, day, day like, after the yeah. fires um and just tremendous leader does a great job leading Louisville but uh, he's actually got a picture of Kevin Bacon on his uh, oh, his funny. bulletin board no when way to his office yeah because there's always whether it's people or projects or whatever else there's always a connectivity back to a central point oh I and love so, that what a funny. cool message in an mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. oh that's a neat love story that. that's really cool I also have to tell one funny story because now the cat's out of the bag that my guest is my husband but um. It's so far. I did not know that your mom is who actually found the recreation degree and encouraged you to do it because, like, to this day, 20 some odd years later, she still thinks you're a lifeguard. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the running joke. And she'll probably, she's probably going to listen to this and she's probably going to rebuff this comment. But she's yeah, going to be I'm like, pretty, wait, you're not a lifeguard? Yeah. Uh, I don't think she ever really understood what I did at Coco Key. She knew that I'd become a lifeguard in Plainfield, she knew that I managed a water park in Plainfield. And then, uh, yeah, when I went out to Henderson, she asked what I was doing. I said, I'm managing all of the pools. And I don't think, maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out after she hears this podcast. But Mm -hmm. I don't think it has ever quite clicked 
that there's more to my job than than lifeguarding or if there is like that lifeguarding is still a component of it which is which is cool um, <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh that is a surreal thing and i so feel like so. if we asked cindy is your mom's name or marianne and we talk about Marianne a lot on the podcast. Like if we sat them in a room and said, what do your children do for a living? I don't think they could describe no. it. No. Like oh. my mom could say uh, she works for Apex. She'll probably now say she does a podcast. Would she? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She, <laughs> she was like, you, you did a podcast? What are you tra- <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, mom, I've been talking about the podcast. For you were literally like, interviewed you were two literally- <laughs> weeks ago. For <laughs> she comes in and we're like, we're doing it's the podcast. And she's like, Oh, with the Grinch? We're like, no, no never mind. Marianne, stay with us. <laughs> yeah. That's like, actually, it, it, it raises, and I don't know if this is where you want to go with the conversation, but it's such a great point, though, about our profession. Back to the essential part of it. And um, Katie and I actually do a session that we've presented at a couple conferences on, and it's called the We Matter Session. And it goes into kind of combating those stereotypes. Yeah. You know, and I love the Parks and Recreation show. It's one of my favorite shows of all times, but it definitely fed into a lot of those stereotypes. But what it also fed into is the love and the value uh, that that department um, provides to the community. And Mm -hmm. so our whole session is based around breaking down the stereotypes that all we do is, you know, roll out kickballs or cut grass. And um, not that rolling out kickballs and cutting grass isn't an essential and wonderful part of what we do. Uh, but it's so much more than that. You know, we are true first responders. If there is an emergency, we are, you know, like Katie mentioned to a lot of these kids, we are parental figures. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, you know, psychiatrists from a day in a day out basis. We are risk managers on a day out and day out basis. And we're trying to protect, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollar community buildings and make sure that they're well maintained. And the list goes on and on and on of everything that we do protecting now, you know, uh, open space management with Louisville is a great example of we have over 2000 acres of open space and we're charged with making sure that that open space is great habitat that, you know, natural prairie grasses are preserved that, you know, we're providing access and education to people so that we continue to kind of value the environment and value uh, these open spaces. So it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool job. It's yeah. a pretty cool job. Yeah. Okay. I agree. It's been so fun. It's been the most inviting workplace I've ever been part of. And the community that that is created just, you know, even just within our office, but within our industry with other professionals, like it's a good time. And if you've never been to a Parks and Recreation conference, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <there>. we <laughs> work hard, play hard. Okay, so lightning round, which we still have not changed. Shocker, we've not changed the I, name. We're just going to end we're up calling it that. The lightning round. Lightning round. We're at that time of this episode. Lightning round. Um, so we're going to ask you a series of questions that we ask all of our guests, which some of these have already been answered, but you can expound on. Um, did you play sports when you were younger, and did you do it with a park and recre- park and recreation district? First off, does Cairo, Missouri, have a parks and recreation department? It does not. Okay. No, believe it or not. No, it. Uh, but Moberly is pretty outside robust. Outside of the school and a volunteer fire department, I don't think that it has any departments. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's a sleepy it's, it's, little town. There's where not a lot of paving. Nothing going happens. On. Yeah, there's not a lot of paving <laughs> yeah. with public service. There's a lot of service from our tremendous Randolph County uh, staff. Oh, who, Randolph who do County. A lot of work for that. But Cairo, it's a, it's a wonderful little community. But yeah, I. Uh, so Moberly does yeah, have, have Moberly really actually great. has an excellent, excellent. There's a water um, park. Shout out to Troy and his team and, yeah. and Moberly currently. They've just done 
an am- amazing job in that community with their parks and recreation. It's much bigger now than it was when I was a kid. But yeah, I grew up as a, a parks and rec kid. Um, you know, it was kind of it was the the game in town, if you will. It was also a ton of partnerships. Looking back on it, you didn't realize it, but. Um, I, I played, and, and this is a whole rant if you want me to get into it. I played every sport that you could play. I said at the time, for whatever reason, soccer had a really bad stereotype. So, like, you can oh, play anything but soccer. Here we go. Blah, 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 blah. Here we and go. now, I know, like, uh, that's not the case at all. But, no, I played all the sports. Uh, and shout out to the Morbley Optimist Club. Because um, as a kid, you're, you're playing Optimist Baseball. And so all of our jerseys, like I think there's a lunch meat vendor for all the Arvada sports. Land of Frost. Land of Frost. <laughs> so all of it, we played We played in our Optimus shirts, and it was the Optimist, um, you know, all the way from T-ball all the way up until you got into Little League. So What's the cool park that does the Christmas lights but also has – Roth, like Rothwell Park. Rothwell Park is beautiful. It's huge yeah, yeah, If you ever find town. yourself in Moberly, Missouri. Yeah, go to Rothwell. There's to like Rothwell camping. Yeah. There's a lake. There's playgrounds. But then it, at Christmas time, they have this beautiful light display that you – you drive oh. through. It is a very, very cool park. Very, for home, a, very Hallmark it, movie. Yeah. Oh, it's one hundred percent a Hallmark movie. Could be filmed there. Yeah. yeah. I need to go yeah, there. Oh, you gotta sure. go. So yeah. I mean, there's so much about Moberly. We could do a whole episode. Bob Grok and I can go to Moberly. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah. Orsland's is the when Cindy was here. I can't help but call her Grandma Cindy. When Grandma Cindy was uh-huh. here for Thanksgiving. So Orsland's is the family-owned company that is based in Moberly. It's an engineering company that Grandma Cindy used to work for is now retired, but also they then also had a farm and home store that had multiple stores in multiple cities, whatever. It was bought out by Tractor Supply, which was like this huge thing for me because I love going to Orsland's when I go to Moberly. And when she was here for Thanksgiving, they changed the signage over. So when she got home, it was Tractor Supply, which was like kind of a big deal for the town. So now I'm anxious to go back. We're going back this weekend and I'm anxious to go to Tractor Supply and see how different it feels because i when i go back to moberly i go to randolph county mercantile i love the walmart in moberly and i go mm-hmm. to orsland's so this we're gonna have to see if how different tractor supply is yeah is this where you get the popcorn seasoning yes oh, so we'll have to see if tractor, gotta get I, more. I gotta see yeah it's very close to um amish country and mm-hmm. so there's yes. there's some tremendous uh amish country popcorn seasoning yeah, we have popcorn fridays in the office and, and we're was, out of ranch and buffalo we are not no we're out of ranch and buffalo and oh so that's gosh. why i'm not eating popcorn on fridays anymore katie to the rescue katie after to this the rescue. weekend okay mm-hmm. okay i'll stock up okay what is your favorite thing about your local park and rec district, which just happens to be Apex? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean in my life, my life, no, my day to day, your current park yes, and rec district? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I think that uh, you know what I love about Apex, um, which again, just miraculously enough, that that's where I live and Katie works, um, is the variety of what you offer. And that's what I think is lost on, you know, and what I mean by what you offer, I mean you offer. And, uh, you know, as we as we kind of look for either the ability to provide more services and we being the industry that, you know, we serve in this parks and rec world, um, as we kind of grow that, there's this inclination to do, you know, more contracting out or there's this inclination of, you know, worrying about what we call cost recovery or how much money a certain program is making. And if it isn't making enough, then we can't do something different. So we have to stop doing that program so that we can go put that money towards something else. And and Apex is truly community service first. And it's always it's never like, what can we stop doing so that we can go start doing something else? And it's just always with this growth mindset, always continuous improvement, always saying what's missing. 
Um, I don't know if you guys are going to get into it on a podcast, but Katie won this great award a couple years ago in a Shark Tank competition to build a local archery range. We've not um, mentioned the archery range. So, we haven't. We're excited. Yeah. So there's always this outside of the box. So I, I love Apex for that. Um, you know, it, it really is a true leader in we're going to keep this in-house, uh, the support that – uh, your board and your director have given to the expansion of your staffing complement to add so many new staff coming out of COVID, either bringing them back or adding so that this community is is full service from what uh, you guys are doing for them is, is really spectacular. And it's I'm lucky to live in it. Oh, what a great answer. I love that. I, I feel like, like we record could do that. I didn't know it was coming. Yeah, that's, that's, like that's, like sn- yeah. that's like a snapshot that like should be an apex commercial. hundred percent. I like that. I like that. All right. What was the last time you did something completely for yourself? Oh, my gosh. Um, I joke a lot about at home about the sports ball. Yeah, I, I am allowed to watch. <laughs> you do call a, it sports and ball. Most of the sp- and, but he's, he's like, hockey doesn't have a ball. Yeah, most like, of the right, sports, sports ball puck. I'm watching is sports puck. But that's neither, <laughs> neither here nor there. Shout out. And it's, that's the weird thing about moving here is uh, I root for all the teams that Denver area people hate. So growing yeah. up in Missouri, I'm a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. And then living out in Vegas when the Golden Knights were created and the impact they had on that community, uh, I'm, I've just fallen in love, like just head over heels with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and then if you live in Missouri, obviously you have to be a St. Louis Cardinals fan as well. And so, yep. you know, go Nolan Arenado. That was just another like <laughs> knife in the back of Denver sports yep, fans. Yep. When the Cardinals I wouldn't took say that him. my cousins appreciate that about you. No, they yeah, love yeah, everything yeah. about you except yeah. when the, the Broncos ball. play the, yeah. the Chiefs. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get to watch. I, I do make sure that I watch the sports ball. I love that Vegas is in the Pacific time zone so I can stay up late watching them. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that p- comes to mind with that, and it's kind of random, is we were at a soccer tournament a couple months ago, and there was a uh, like a Nike clearance center. And I think I bought like four or five pairs of shoes. You so do. I, I have a. He likes shoes. I have an extensive shoe. That's a, that's a fun fact about me. Like I love shoes. I like the feeling of new shoes, and you know. We've mentioned this on a different yeah. podcast, and I can't remember what the conversation was, but that my husband definitely has more shoes than I yes. do. Yes. And his feet are much larger than mine, so that just takes up a way more space in our closet. Yeah. But I do, I do actually, I give you credit. I, I didn't know how you were going to answer that question, but I think shopping in general could be like a secret like self-care thing for you yeah, like you enjoy I, I killed like, it on black friday you did kill it on <gasps> yeah. black friday oh, i did like I didn't you know this. listen he has like literally 100 quarter zips in his i'm like could and five quarter of them zips. are red it's okay yes five or six of them are yes. red i was like you are never allowed to buy another red quarter zip. Yeah. yes yeah. i guarantee you this weekend when we go home like for christmas he'll come home with a red quarter zip yeah and he well, won't get rid of any. Is of the he others. trying to represent the Chiefs or some of do them we are even... Chiefs, but like, and some of them are Cardinals, but not all of them. They're like Columbia red quarter zips, and we don't even call them the Chiefs, do we? We call them Taylor's boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, Taylor's era. <laughs> He's shaking <laughs> he his did. head. He also, I have to funny story. The the nine year old in our house who has now become a Chiefs and mm-hmm. a Golden Knights fan. And now the 11 year old girl in our house all of a sudden now cares about the Chiefs <laughs> because she's such a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, you kind of transformed the entire house right. to like 
be invested in the Kansas City 100%, Chiefs. 100%, yeah. yeah. How our, did we our, even get there? Our son's bedroom is Ozzie Smith for days. Yeah. So. He just outgrew the cutest little Ozzie Smith sweatshirt that's our t-shirt that he's doing the backflip on. Oh, and we cannot find it in a bigger size. Yeah. So if some, if anyone has a lead yeah. on an Ozzie Smith t-shirt, let that us will know. Fit in, let us yeah. know. Okay. Let's okay. Say, yeah, shop, shopping is the answer. This is the... Which is not... It's you kind should of, call this the rolling thunder round because like every one of these lightning questions yeah, they're not very into, like, <laughs> I like rolling thunder. 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 Rolling thunder. Let's note that. Trademark. Okay. Um, I didn't know how you're going to answer that question. Now that now that we've gotten there, I do think shopping could be your self-care. It might be. It might be. Yeah. Which is not shocking because Grandma Cindy is a professional retail therapist. Her love language. I mean, it is her love language. Mm-hmm. She looks forward to coming to Colorado so she can go to Aww. the Brass Armadillo. Yeah. I like, like, mean, I'll give you a real quick 20-second example. Last night, we're shopping at JCPenney. And we're getting ready to check great out. Story, great Between story. getting ready to check out and getting to the checkout, Katie's like, "Call your mom, see if she has any coupons." Sure enough, within one minute, we had saved thirty percent. No, <laughs> stop. And we, Grandma <laughs> Cindy, pulls through. Really use her. No- so we don't go to JC very often, but it's right next to the Almo Draft House, and the, the kids needed whatever. It was a whole thing why we went there. We walked away. We went for pants for Gus, and we walked away a hundred dollars later with two sets of the <laughs> the Christmas decorations that you put on the toilet seat and then around the toilet and then a bathroom. Oh, stop. I, I love those. I've never found them in a three-pack. JCPenney has them in a three-pack. So it comes with those. a bath mat, the the mat around your toilet, and the t- toilet seat You cover. know that Julie's going to make fun of you for this because uh, last day year, day. She, all all last day year she was like, please go in Katie's bathroom and see what's in there. And I was like, it's her grandma's toilet cover. No. Why are you mad about it? Now we have one in our bathroom, and both of the kids have one. Love. We have four sets now, <laughs> but we went for $20 sweatpants for Gus, and we came home $100 later after the 30% discount with two sets yeah. of toilet seat covers and a Grinch sweatshirt for Chloe. Yeah. But great we did great discount. Good job. Oh, my God. Good yeah. job. Yeah, okay. 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 Who do you consider your hype team? Oh, I think. Oh, oh my gosh. I think that varies every single day. It depends what I need hyped on a lot of oh, times. I like you know, I think, um, you know, there are times I, I love and professionally the hype team is going to one of our events that we do. You know, we tend to get lost in the, the minutia of day to day. You go in and, you know, like we, Halloween, for example, like our little preschoolers come through and all their preschool outfits and like they don't care about what's going on with your budget. They don't care about, you know, what the angry phone call that you just took. You know, all they want is that little piece of candy to go into their bag and like they're just loving life. And uh, we have a tremendous senior center that's attached to in, in our rec center. And, you know, watch, we had uh, their the senior Christmas choir did a presentation in our lobby on Friday. like that. That hypes me up. That gets me. It reminds me why we do what we do, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's some days that, um, you know, are rougher than others and you can lean on your your staff to be your hype team a lot of times it's katie or my family is the hype team you know coming home and having gus tell me all about what happened with the golden knights game that night Aww. like you know that's that's the hype and so it just really depends on how you want to get hyped there's a lot of times like you know marla's a uh, we kind of joked about that earlier but you know there are times where you just need your admin assistant to come in shut the door and be like you got this it's going to be okay we can get through this and, i uh, love that so Marla's it is it, it is it's so challenging sometimes that. it's your boss you know that's um, you know, we all have good days and bad days and, you know, we know this, um, it's, it's really, um, exhausting sometimes working with, uh, with the public who have these really high expectations and a lot of different expectations for how their expectations are going to be met. 
and and you really need somebody that you can either you know bounce ideas off of or just go in and take a deep breath or whatever mm-hmm. else and um so I'd, I'd say uh i'd say my hype team varies based on what kind of hype i'm looking for yeah so. could be domino Oh, Domino's Dog. Have you guys talked about Domino the Dog? We have not done. The chickens, the cat. Mm -hmm. Could be all the things. We have a Boston Wawa, a Boston (laughs) Terrier Chihuahua mix. He's only nice to Adam and I. And he's, he's, I mean, he really. Fiercely loyal. Fiercely loves us. Loves literally no one else. Mm -hmm. He could be Adam's hype team. That's actually a good call, Monica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, audience question. If you could write a book tomorrow, what would it be about? Oh. That's a good question. Oh good my question. gosh! I think it. Oh. Oof. So I think if it was if it was going to be anything that I was like most passionately interested about, and I could go just do whatever I wanted to do about it, it would probably be about last year's Golden Knights hockey team. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's starting. It's starting. It'd be a sports, sports book. Balls back. Yeah, because we need puck. more sports books in the world. Um, but no, if it was if it was something professional, you know, one of the things that um, I love talking about in a lot of my sessions, uh, Apex has actually taken one of uh, my concepts that I uh, put in Henderson would be really um, appreciating, valuing, and growing the youth workforce um, in our business. And I think that. You know, all too often, and it's not just in parks and recreation, it's everywhere. And I think this has led to, you know, some real hiring struggles is there's not enough value put on the part time workforce and everything that they do um, to to make industries across the board, not just ours, successful and, and, you know, really investing in making sure that they feel that value and they feel that enthusiasm and excitement for what we do for the community in our world. Um, so that when people come in, you know, they aren't on their cell phone, that they want to smile, that they want to be excited about what they do and that they want to feel like they have growth. Even if it's not growing into full-time positions, they have life growth, um, you know, in that kind of way. So I think if I was going to write like a leadership book, it would really focus on the value of our part-time employees and, and the impact and understanding that full impact on what we do, um, as we set them up for the rest of their lives. And so those would be personal and professional. That's probably where I'd focus my attention. I'm glad that your personal book would be about the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> well, I, <guess. laughs> I, I was going to say, maybe that could be that's, like your sports book. Okay, really, like, that's really romantic. Do you want me to I'd write? like to write about my falling you, in love uh, with I, I'll write a lady. Hallmark movie script <laughs> yes. about this professional relationship that blossomed. The romantic into... walk through I mean, Rothwell Park. Let's yeah. be honest. Every yeah. man would say romantically, it's a sports ball book. It's a, spo- it's a sports puck. It's a sports yeah, puck. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a joy. Obviously, I love uh, doing life with you, but professionally, it's been so amazing having my biggest cheerleader in my corner be someone who understands what I do. So, thank yeah, you yeah, for it's that. pretty, it's pretty surreal. It's like a two for one kind of yeah, thing. It like really we can is. come home and you know vent about you know the kids' homework, and then s- swap straight over to you know, discussing how we're going to solve the problems of municipal mm. government the yeah. next day. I so love that. it's I pretty crazy. That. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I'm very lucky. So thank you for that. And I feel like we wanted to do this like big reveal in the middle of the episode to be like, you're my husband. But now that I've been sitting here swapping stories about Moberly and all of the other things that there were like, like a trail of cookie crumbs every episode Which leading like. up to this. I've already talked about you and the shoes. I've already talked like <laughs> extensively about Moberly. People at the beginning of the episode were probably like, is this her husband? <laughs> well, I noticed that Monica also said, and Adam had to go get queso. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, my God. Oh, yes. oh, my God. Oh, my God. The breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs. Well, I yeah. mean, listen. Did I call them cookie crumbs? Is that like a... I did call them cookie crumbs. Well, because we like cookies. We like cookies, so we're fine. Can it be... Are they interchangeable? Why not? Let's do we it. We can do whatever we I'm want. I'm pretty sure Hansel and Gretel did bread, and that like led to bread. I thought that they did like, cookies, because it was... No, no, no. I don't think no, so. No, it was bread? We'll have to look that up. Kind of got them into trouble, though, so let's go cookies. I did. It was a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Let's go cookies. All right. Okay. Okay. Well. Thank you. It's been a joy. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me. I love you. I think that you're doing amazing work. And I'll see you tonight when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Looking Thanks for coming, right. Adam. Thanks for another wonderful episode of Apex Activated. Thank you for listening to Apex Activated. This podcast is produced by Monica Bowser. For more information on all things Apex, visit apexprd.org and follow us on all the socials. Thank you for listening to my mama.